good morning. My name is Logan Ferris. I serve as the teacher for A42, uh, along with Fred and Amy Pratt uh, here at First Baptist Keller. Um, my wife and children and I have been members of First Baptist Keller for the past five years, and we live in Rome, and we're very happy to, to come to you on this Easter morning. And so uh, many of you have been studying in the book of uh, Romans, and we're going to uh, take an obvious break uh, from that lesson uh, for today and look at the book of Luke and look at the resurrection account found there. And so if you will, for as for us to get started, I'll just open us with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the many blessings you've given us, Lord. Just thank you for this, this church and this body that meets here and our pastors that lead us. I uh, just pray, Lord, that on this Easter morning, while we can't meet together, uh, that we certainly can meet together in spirit and that this would uh, reach many people. And uh, just pray, Lord, that you would be with me as I share and be with the listener as they hear. Uh, thank you for all that you've done, especially Jesus and his sacrifice. In his name we pray. Amen. So as we know, this today is uh, Easter Sunday. So he is risen. He is risen indeed. I welcome you uh, to our Sunday School broadcast. Uh, as I said, we're going to be in Luke chapter 24, looking at Luke's account of the first Easter Sunday. Uh, we're going to focus today our, our study in looking at four accounts of people or groups of people uh, who on this first Easter uh, encountered either an empty tomb or the risen Savior himself. And so if you'll follow along with me, if you'll turn your Bible to chapter 24 of Luke, we'll start with the first 12 verses. Please follow along. It says in verse 1, But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothing. And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. And they remembered his words and returned from the tomb and reported all these things to the eleven and to the rest. Now they were Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James. Also the other women with them were telling these things to the apostles. But these words appeared to them as nonsense, and they would not believe them. And so if we follow along there, we see the account of the first group uh, that encountered, in this case, the empty tomb and the angels that were there to guide them. And so the women that attended the tomb, as our passage shows, were Mary Magdalene, Joanna. We see in other accounts that also included with that specifically were Mary, the mother of James, and then in each of the gospel references, there were likely others as well. And so these are, especially Mary Magdalene and Joanna, were two documented women who followed Jesus' ministry, supported him in his ministry, uh, and knew very well, and were there to attend to him. Uh, with the Sabbath, uh, at the end of the crucifixion, the burial uh, was somewhat hasty and was not complete, and they were traveling, as we see in each account, uh, at early morning, at sunrise, uh, on the third day to complete what they needed to do to prepare for burial. And, and when they arrived, they discovered, as we see in all of the accounts, 
that the stone had already been rolled away and the tomb was open. And in Matthew, we see that it was moved by an angel of the Lord. And so this was the stone that many of you have heard and have studied before that was, was very large, would have been very difficult, almost impossible uh, for a large group of men to move. And the women discovered it already rolled away. And as they stooped and entered into the tomb, they found that there was no body. You can only imagine their emotions at that point. They were probably frantic. They were upset. I'm sure that they were confused as to what had happened and, and probably even had suspected that someone had taken Jesus' body. But we look back in verse 4 and we see the account that two men appeared to the women and they were fearful. I find it very interesting that when we see in, in, in the Bible, throughout the Bible, that when people encounter angels of the Lord, they respond in fear. Um, and it's a reverent fear that we see there. It's a very similar account that we see uh, when Gabriel uh, appeared to both uh, Mary and Zechariah to announce uh, the birth of the impending births of both Jesus and John the Baptist. And we see a very similar interaction here. And they pose a question to them that uh, is almost chastising the women. Why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? And then in verse 6, we see specifically, and this is something I want us to really reflect on when we look at this first group and each group, that these, the angels that were there were really asking the women to remember what Jesus has said. And as they begin to reflect on what Jesus had said, what Jesus had shared with them, they had realized that he wasn't missing, he wasn't taken, that he had truly risen. And so that's our first account that we see uh, of the women that were there. And in this day and age, uh, as they hurried back to the 11 uh, to share what they had seen about uh, making that connection between Jesus's prediction and his, of his death and resurrection, and they began to remember. So seeing this through their grief, through their sorrow, they began to realize that he was true to his word and that Jesus had truly risen. In verse 10, we see there that these women reported back to the 11 and the others. And so the 11 disciples, uh, less Judas at this point, uh, and others had, had gathered there. And as they shared their account, the disciples didn't understand. And this is a day in a culture where women could not serve as witnesses. Um, and the, the men that were receiving them and were hearing this word struggled to understand exactly what it was that they were sharing, that they had observed, and that they'd heard from the angel. And so let's look at the second account there specifically, building on that group, uh, starting in verse 12. We'll read just verse 12, and we see that in verse 12, it says, But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen wrappings only, and he went away to his home, marveling and amazed at what had happened. It's no doubt we all are, are familiar with Peter and his impetuous uh, personality. Uh, it's not surprising that he got up and ran to go confirm and to see for himself what the women had reported. Uh, we see in John's gospel that uh, John the beloved disciple also ran with him to the tomb to see for themselves. And they left amazed, but still not understanding. They still had not remembered what Jesus had taught them. And so those are our first two accounts. We see the women at the tomb. We see Peter after hearing the news going and seeing for himself. And while the women were steadfast in their understanding and had remembered that Jesus had predicted his death and resurrection, 
uh, Peter and the other disciples and the others present were still struggling a bit with that. Let's look at our next account, our third group of folks, um, starting in verse 13. It says, And behold, two of them were going that very day to a village named Discussing. Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And Jesus said to them, What are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you are walking? And they stood still, looking sad. One of them named Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened here in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, The things about Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word in sight of the, in, and in word in the sight of God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucified him. But we are hoping that, he, that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, it is the third day since these things happened. But also some women among us amazed us. When they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it exactly as the women also had said, but him they did not see. Verse 25, and he said to them, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them all the things concerning himself and all the scriptures. And they approached the village where they were going, and he acted as though he were going farther. But they urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it is getting towards evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went to stay with them. When he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it, and breaking it, he began giving it to them. Then their eyes were opened, they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. So we'll stop there at verse 31. So we see a familiar encounter with those walking. These are uh, not disciples, but these are some of those that were there with the disciples and had heard the women report and also had been there long enough to hear Peter come back and report that he'd found the same things. And so these two men were walking on their way to Emmaus, about a seven-mile trip, according to the commentation. Um, and Jesus suddenly joins them, and they're not able to recognize him. And, and I think it's interesting here that they almost chastise Jesus a bit and say, how do you not know what's been going on the last few days? How, how have you been uh, out of the, the news and Jesus began to remind them as well, much like the angels reminded the women. Jesus reminded them of what Moses and the prophets and all the prophecy of the Old Testament uh, had prophesied and was now coming to fulfillment in Jesus, even down to the death, burial, and the resurrection. And then as Jesus ate with them that evening, they suddenly their eyes were opened uh, spiritually and they recognized him and he vanished from them. So our third incident that we see on this road to Emmaus are two other men who uh, encountered Jesus himself 
And Jesus helps them remember using the Old Testament uh, to point to him and to point to the resurrection that took place. Let's look at our last group today, starting in verse 36. We see uh, some other appearances that took place, and we see the 11 and the others in the room, starting in verse 36. So while they were telling these things, he himself, referring to Jesus, stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought that they were seeing a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While they could still not believe it because of their joy and amazement, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it before them. Now he said to them, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the from the dead the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins will be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And so in our last account that we see that we're going to look at today, we see that the eleven and, and those that were gathered with them uh, also encounter a risen Savior. And so he appeared before them, and they were fearful. They didn't understand. Uh, by, by this recollection, we see that they recognized him, but they were, they were afraid of him and thought that he was a spirit rather than risen in the flesh. And so the reports of the women from the tomb, we see uh, that building in their remembering, the angels asking them, why do you seek the living among the dead? And then finally, Peter and John saw the tomb and all still doubted. And that we see finally here when he presented himself to them, uh, they doubted, they were unsure, they were uh, perplexed as it's described there. Uh, but they began to remember what Jesus had taught them. And I think that's a very interesting component that we can even apply to our lives today that that even those that were with Jesus, that were with his ministry, they didn't understand the spiritual kingdom. They still thought that the Savior uh, was going to be a military Savior that was going to deliver them from Rome and that was going to lead them as an earthly king. And they didn't fully understand the kingdom that was brought into uh, life by Jesus. And so even today, Jesus is reminding us of who he is. And I believe that it's important to note here that he reminded it each one, even through the angels, he reminded them using scripture, using uh, his teachings and his word, which we know as scripture in the New Testament, to remind them that he is uh, true to his word and that he is trustworthy. So these four examples of people that engaged the risen Lord um, all were unsure at first, but were reminded patiently, and their faith began to grow from that reminding. So they were reminded that God is faithful to his promises, 
and that we also today need to remember his word and to also have faith. And so today as we reflect on a very disrupted Easter Sunday, this is uh, in my life the the strangest Sunday uh, to celebrate the risen Lord, uh, certainly with uh, with the coronavirus and the shelters in place that we have and and our inability to gather as we normally would and, and to greet one another on Easter Sunday, we certainly are still reminded that God is reminding us to remember to be faithful and to remember that he is a risen Lord even today and in our walks and in our work to always be, always be courageous and to have faith that God is faithful and patient to remind us of our calling. And we need only to be courageous. We need to be uh, to step forward even in these days of great need around us. We have uh, many that are that are suffering uh, through health, that are that are suffering and struggling financially. And what a great opportunity for the church to rise up and to meet that need. And so as we close this lesson for for this Easter Sunday, uh, I wish you all good health. I wish you all uh, good faith. And I just pray that you would reflect on this time, reflect on this special day while we celebrate a risen Lord every day. Uh, Sunday, Easter Sunday is a special Sunday that we reflect on the sacrifice and more importantly, the um, him, his resurrection on the third day. So let me close us in prayer and we will close out. Heavenly Father, just thank you for this day again. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity. I thank you, Lord, for this church. I thank you for the technology that we have, that we're able to come to you uh, through audio lesson as we are today, and also as many of our classes are able to interact uh, even socially through through the internet and to use that tool uh, to, to continue to stay connected and to, to function as a church as you would have us. Lord, our, our, our country, our state, our, our communities, even our world uh, is surrounded by a tremendous health threat. And just pray, Lord, that you would, you would bring uh, peace to everyone, that you would bring health, and that you would intervene if it's your will. But help us to always be uh, faithful and understand that even in trial, even in our tests, Lord, that our faith is, is caused to grow and that we should continue to look to you And that even in this time of trial, even in this time uh, of uncertainty, that we are called to advance the gospel, even in these disruptive times. So thank you, Lord. I just pray that you be with us this week. Help us to spend time with family and to connect with those that we love and even our neighbors that we don't know well. And help us to use this as an opportunity uh, to share the gospel with them and to help you win souls to, to salvation. Thank you most of all for Jesus and his, his, his ministry, his life, uh, his, his willingness to die on a cruel cross, but more importantly, his victory on the third day to rise again. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.